Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. Welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Um, Jonathan, Phil, and myself are in the studio missing Josh. Fellas, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Today's a wonderful day. We have been working on just conversations about church and state relationship. We've been in the book of Daniel. We were just started talking about Daniel chapter 6, in which Daniel's basically set up by people that are jealous of him in the government. And, and so these other men create, um, get the king to pass a law that says you can't pray to anybody for 30 days except for the king. And Daniel is not willing to comply, but more so than that, he's also not willing to hide his objection to this law, and he continues to pray faithfully like he has before um, in his window so people can see it, praying to God, praying towards Jerusalem. And um, Phil, do you have any insights on some of why he does what he does and how also this might apply to us today? Sure. And the first thing to remember is that uh, in the book of Daniel, it, it, it comes from the period of the exile. Uh, 586 BC, the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem, took the leadership class away to captivity, exile in Babylon. So the, the Jews in Babylon find themselves being the people of God in a, in a strange land, be, being under the authority of a government that does not recognize God that does not recognize the true God, uh, that they want government to be absolute, they want government to be worshipped. King Nebuchadnezzar wants to be worshipped as a god, which was very common in the ancient world. And uh, there there are so many lessons for us. Um, I said in an earlier show that American Christians in the past often thought of ourselves as an exodus people, that America was our promised land. Well, brothers and sisters, we woke up one day not long ago and we found ourselves in exile. Uh, We're no longer in the promised land, if it ever was the promised land. We are in Babylon. Uh, We are in a society, in a culture that does not honor our faith, that does not not honor our worldview and our lifestyle, and uh, and not not just our uh, ways, but God's ways. Um, and we find ourselves like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego serving the Lord in a strange land. And one of the things that, I, that I'd really like to talk about today, and, and just briefly, and then I'll punt to you guys. One of the things that you see about Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is that they, they choose a place to stand. And in, 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 in the chapter that we're talking about now, uh, there's this, been this decree, as Russ said, that n- nobody is allowed to pray except to to pray to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel, very deliberately, and and he does it openly. He gets up in the in a window of his house every day, 
at the same time and praise to God, praise toward Jerusalem. And uh, so he's being openly he's being openly defiant. He's chosen a place to stand. No, I'm not going to submit to this limitation on my on my conscience. Uh, government has authority, but it's not going to go that far. And but the thing I'd like to point point out about it, he's Daniel and his three friends are really not angry about it. They're just not going to do what the government tells them to do when it oversteps their conscience. And I see a lot of Christians today, in fact, I've fallen into this trap many times myself, that our response to our society's rejection of Christianity, uh, we're in a very, I'm 64 years old, and we are in a very, very different society than the one I was born into in 1956, and the one I remember from my boyhood, where Christianity was honored, and Christianity was the assumed basis of society. We no longer live in that society. We find ourselves in Babylon. And what I've seen in many Christians, and I'll confess it in myself too, is that our response to that sometimes is to get angry and be really, really angry that our, that our society no longer honors our God. And uh, I'd like to point out that when Daniel and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, uh, they never get angry. They, they know they're in a pagan culture. They don't expect it to be faithful. They don't expect their culture to be obedient to God's word and, and to, to, to know God, to seek God. But they are determined to be witnesses, and they are determined that they're going to serve God, but they're going to do it within the government of Babylon. Well, and this is what I find so fascinating. It, it, they don't do it in opposition to. Right. They, they do in matters of individual conscience points of where they're being asked to defy God's law, they take a stand and say, we will serve you and yes. we will serve you well, but we will not serve in opposition to what, to our God. Yes. And it's fascinating. They serve Babylon that way, but they also serve the Persians that way. Yes. I mean, the book of Daniel goes on. Daniel serves Darius and, and Cyrus. Yes. Well, yes. Right. And he's promoted. Um, and so he's working with in the framework of a extremely anti-God yes. nations. And I, th- I do think that uh, as Christians, we need, to, um, we need to understand where David's commitment, I mean, Daniel's commitment lie. You know, the, the officials that were trying to get Daniel into trouble said, they'll not find any ground of complaint or any fault in Daniel because he's faithful and no error or fault was found in him. We won't find any ground for complaint against him unless we find it in in connection with the law of God, the law of his God. They knew that Daniel was a faithful servant of the Lord. Yes. And so what they had to do was they had to set him up so he would he had to make that choice between violating God's law and 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 violating the king. We don't realize it, but this is what's happened, you know, to us now. You know, we, yes. we're in this post-Christian society. There are people out there that are playing chess while while we're playing checkers. We're we're living day by day, making our next move, making our next move. They're planning for the defeat of Christianity, mm-hmm. and and this is what is taking place here. And so, it's interesting though that that Dan, you know, that the point that's made is Daniel's going to be faithful. In his faithfulness, God is honoring his faithfulness. These people eventually, you know, their cord is going to be cut. Like uh, I think it's Psalm 129, 
the cords of the wicked are going to be cut. They will not be able to complete it. It's the same thing as in, in with Esther, and yeah. you know where mm-hmm. who is it plans against Mordecai? Uh, Haman. Haman. Haman plans these awful evil against uh, the Jews. Well, in the end, he's the one that you gets, know gets, gets in trouble. Hung, gets hung on the scaffold. He yes. gets hung on the scaffold. I think that God eventually cuts off the wicked. In this respect, Christianity is not going to fail. The gates of hell is not going to prevail against it because they're advancing in this world. Even though uh, at the same time evil advances, so does the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Peter writes a, a lot about what Jonathan was just talking about. Um, so in 1 Peter 2, Peter talks to the, the reader and says, You're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. So that's mm-hmm. our calling. It's our identity mm-hmm. and our calling. We're light in darkness. And then it goes on to say, I urge you as sojourners in exiles, which is what Phil has been hammering on, that we are living in exile mm-hmm. right now, to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they mm-hmm. speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day of visitation. And that's what Jonathan was talking about with Daniel. They couldn't find fault with him as a person. They had to find fault with who he was identified with. And then it says, Peter goes on to say, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whether it be the emperor as supreme or to the governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. I don't know if any other epistle says so much yeah. in such a small space. Yeah, and, what, and, and we don't know probably in them, in when that was written, the emperor was probably Nero. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. honor the emperor. Honor this wicked... <laughs> evil nut job nut job (laughs) yes but he's in authority and god has placed him there so you 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 honor him but you you honor god first that that verse 17 honor everyone love the brotherhood fear god honor the emperor Mm -hmm. i mean that as far as a life verse as far as how do we Mm -hmm. live in this fallen world um i just think it says a lot well Mm -hmm. you know one of the things that uh you know, I taught high school for a little bit, and uh, you know, a Christian high school, and you know, ch- uh, kids would pick their favorite verse, and very often it was like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future and a hope. A wonderful verse, but that was that was a verse given to those like Daniel in Babylon. Yes, and uh, you know, the Lord had decreed that they were going to go in. You know, the Lord is in control; that He was sovereign. He sent them there. He actually sent them into this exile, partly because of their unfaithfulness in in the past. And um, there were those that are saying, oh, we're going to be out of here in no time. We're going to be out of here in no time. And in that same chapter, chapter 29 of uh, Jeremiah, thus says the Lord 
of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city that I sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets and your diviners who are among you deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams that they dream, for it is a lie that they are prophesying to you in my name. I did not send them, declares the Lord. For thus says the Lord, When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will visit to you, and I will fulfill my promise to you. So, He's going to bring them out of that. And he's saying, meanwhile, live there. You know, seek the peace of that city. Seek, you know, in its, in its prosperity, you're going to prosper. Be a good citizen. That's what it's coming down to mm-hmm. here. Be a good citizen and, and do these things. And the Lord's going to be honored in the end. Mm-hmm. There are some that I think in our society today that, that take the perspective that we just ought to, as Christians, be contrary bearers. That if the government says anything, we should take the opposite position. Right. That we're, we're against everything that the government does. And I, I don't think that is the teaching of Scripture. Mm-hmm. We, we are against everything that the government does that's contrary against, to the Word of God. Yes. But otherwise, we should be the best of citizens. You've been listening to the Gospel for Life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 